I would like to invite Azakai Rashito to please come forward. Azakai is our pastoral intern here at Faith Community Church. There is no greater joy for a pastor than to have someone who's young, who's coming into ministry, and it has been a joy to have Azakai grow up for a number of years in this church, get to know him so much better. I know that Azakai is now going to be a senior in college, which is hard to believe, and shortly after that, he will be looking at seminary. Our thoughts and prayers are with him. For those of you who have not experienced ministry that Azakai shares with us, Along with his work with young people and broship, he's going to be going up to Soul Fest this week as one of our counselors with our young people. He works with our youth group. He's got a young men's group. He also started this last year a Bible study that's a short-term Bible study. It's four weeks, and it ties into the sermon series that we're doing. Regina and I, Nancy, Alan, Debbie, we were all in it. Loved his study. It was great. We're going to have him do those each time we introduce a new sermon series. I encourage you to try one of them. He writes the curriculum himself, and it is wonderful. And it's just a chance to get some background information on the current sermon series. So, Ezekai, it's a joy to have you here this morning, and we look forward to hearing you share God's Word with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, like Pastor Stan said, my name's Asakai. I am the pastoral intern here at Faith Community Church, and I'm just going to center this so it's in the middle. Um, and yeah, and before, before I begin, I just want to ask, did everyone receive a little card? It kind of looks something like this. It looks like this, yep. And did you guys get a pen? Awesome. Is there anyone who did not? If no one did, then there is someone who is walking around. You guys will know what to do when we get there. And for those of you who are online, uh, you guys can use the chat um, when we get to that point of the sermon. Um, before I begin, I just want to tell you guys a little uh, story. Um, so my family and I, we just got back from Alaska right before VBS. And it, it was absolutely amazing. It was so beautiful there. And there was daylight like all throughout the day. And the sun didn't go down. And it, it was just an amazing place. And so my family and I, we were able to hike Mount Baldy. Um, we were able to bring my grandmother up. Um, and for, for my grandmother, it was, it was a little difficult for her. She was kind of lagging behind and kind of had to stop a little bit and, and rest and, and take a break underneath the shade. Um, but when we got to um, kind of like the midpoint, it was called the Artesian Well. So this is where like a whole lot of water spewing out into this little, little uh, reservoir. Uh, we got there and it was so refreshing and relaxing and it was so amazing. And then, then we started to go down the hill or down the mountain uh, back to our cars and I was in the front, my dad was in the back with my grandmother and my Aunt Jean who lives in Alaska and then um, everyone else was in between. And so we were walking down, and, and I looked to the left, uh, just, you know, just to make sure that nothing is coming down the, the mountain and, you know, just surveying the land. And, and all, all of a sudden, I see a little moose, moose come out and just kind of jot across. And it's, it's a nice, beautiful moose, right? And so I tell, tell my family, hey, look, there's, there's, a, there's a moose coming. And, and so we looked, and it's darting across, and then we kept on going with our journey. I kept on looking over in this area to make sure that everything was going smoothly and stuff like that. And then I, I saw in the bush uh, kind of this like little brown thing kind of like move around. And, and I was like, 
I, I think, I, I couldn't see it fully, but I was like, I think, I think that's a, a grizzly bear. And then all of a sudden, a grizzly bear starts chasing the moose. And so we were like, we got, we got to get out of here, because this was probably like from, the, how close it was, it was probably from one end of the parking lot to, to the other, and may, maybe, a little, maybe a little further, but it was super close. So, you know, what they tell us is you have to be loud when, whenever, you know, you're in the wilderness out there. So we sang this song, going on a bear hunt, going to find a big one, <laughs> what's that up ahead? And then you say different things like, it's a big, big river. Or you say, it's a, it's a tall, tall tree. It's a big, big rock. And then, and then all of a sudden we got to, this, to, to one point of it, and my, my grandmother, who, who was kind of lagging behind in, in the beginning of, of the journey up the mountain, we, we say, we're going on a bear hunt, going on a bear hunt, going to find a big one, going to find a big one. What's that up ahead? What's that up ahead? Got some family members in the back helping me out. And then, then all of a sudden, my grandmother says, it's a bear! <laughs> and we all look around, and there was no bear. And we turned to her, and we're like, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so my dad and I and my, my auntie Alona, we, we had bear spray and stuff, just, 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 to, uh, you know, just in case anything happened. And so by the time we got back to our cars, my grandmother was actually in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> And, and also, one of the uh, people who lived there, he, he was actually about to uh, go up the mountain after we got back, and, and he, had, he had all his stuff, all his gear and stuff. He had his handgun and, and some bear spray as well, and he told us that the, the bear spray is, is just the seasoning for the meat, so that's not going to help you out. <laughs> but Alaska was fun. It was, it was great. But uh, let's, let's get into... Um, the sermon for today. So, we are continuing in our sermon series called Go. In it, we have been reading about the life of Joshua, the victories that the Israelites had, and all their downfalls too. If you've been to either Broship or the Diggin Bible Studies, then you know that I like to do a little background check or a little preview of what came before the scripture that we will be looking at for today. We began the book of Joshua with the death of Moses, who led the Israelites out of captivity from the Egyptians and brought them through the wilderness. But Moses wasn't going to bring them into the promised land. So Moses dies, then a transition takes place where Joshua assumes leadership. We also look at how Rahab becomes an ally and, and protects uh, two Israelite men who enter into the city walls of Jericho. We see how God's people stand united with one another, and we are able to see that at the blow of the trumpet, the walls of Jericho fell down by the mighty hand of God. Then like any human, at some point in life, they fell away from God because of selfishness. We also are able to see Joshua try to renew the covenant with God by building an altar for God. That then brings us to our scripture for today, found in Joshua chapter 13, verses 
1 through 7. If you guys have your Bibles and your cell phones, I know you guys got them. You can open up, and once you're there, you can say amen. 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 Why, guys, that was fast. All right. So it says, so in verse 1, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You're old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Geshurites, from the Shehor, which is east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron, it is, the, it is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, and those of the Avim in the south, all the land of the Canaanites, and Merah, that belongs to the Sidonians, to the Aphek, to the boundary of the Amorites, and the land of the Gebelites, and all Lebanon, toward the sunrise, from Balgad, uh, below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Mesopoth Maim, even all the Sidonians, I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel. I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel. Only allot the land to Israel for inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now therefore, divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and half-tribe, the half-tribe of Manasseh. The name of this sermon is called Go and Conquer. I love how God points out the stage of life that Joshua was in. God straight up calls him old. Joshua at this time is estimated to be in his 60s or older. When you get to this point of life, you tend to see and experience some things. As I recalled some key highlights from previous weeks, we see that Joshua goes through a whole lot with the people of Israel. Trust me, working with the Israelites, are most, like, like most people in general, isn't always easy. When you read about the life of Moses and the Israelites in Exodus, you can clearly see the moments when Moses gets frustrated and fed up with God's people. Joshua experienced these people as well. But he was probably more equipped than Moses. Moses had God and learned from his failures. So didn't Joshua. Moses had Jethro, his father-in-law, as a kind of mentor, and Joshua had Moses as his mentor to prepare him for what life might bring as a young man, as a leader leading the Israelites, as a priest, and as a man of God. And I'm just going to take a moment to pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you're doing right now. We thank you that 
you are here with us. We thank you for the sun the, that you have given us today and the nice breeze and the summer heat. Father, Lord, I just ask that you please be with me as I just preach the word. Father, Lord, I just ask that you just use me as your vessel. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Father, open up the ears of those in the congregation and those who are online or wherever, whenever. Father, Lord, I just ask that this word would just rest on fertile ground. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For me as a young kid, I would always find myself sticking close to those who are old. When it came time for recess, most of the time, I would always linger around the adults until I got the go play with the other kids, sweetie. Whenever I was at a family member's house for a cookout or a big dinner, when the adults would go into the living room or wherever they would go, I would sit close and listen to life stories, issues that were going on or great accomplishments. I learned at a young age that the older generation hold some form of wisdom, or the older we get, advanced age, the more wisdom we gain, advanced wisdom. So from a young age, I saw how precious and influential the older generations are. I can remember a special moment in my life as a young boy where I learned one of the most important biblical truths from one of the elders in my family named Everton, a man of God. I can remember sitting in his living room with some coloring paper and crayons drawing what I, what I think or what I, if I can remember correctly was a, a little uh, Disney princess of all things. And as I would color in the picture, he noticed that I would go outside the lines. He got down to my level and in his soft, sweet voice he said, it's okay to go outside the lines every now and then. Then he continued to talk to me about his whole spew of, of that, of going outside the lines and stuff. What he was talking to me about was grace. That piece of biblical wisdom stuck with me. But as I got older, I noticed the members of my generation weren't receiving the same kind of wisdom I was subject to as a young kid. Where was the disconnect? In an interview of three young and three older African Americans, they talk about the issues they face in their generation. One of the topics they had to, dis uh, to discuss was, my generation has had it harder than the other side the other side being the different generations. They were in agreement that the older generation had it harder, but when it came time for the younger generation to speak, one young lady who was talking about the racism she faced said, I'm only 17. I'm not prepared to have somebody on the internet who doesn't know who I am 
call me derogatory slurs or threaten to kill me. You, referring to the older generation, know what it's like to experience overt racism. I don't. But I need you guys in situations like that because I don't know what to do. In response to that, a young male says, I feel as though the younger generation doesn't have as much guidance or a specific goal that you guys had. And even though this was on racism, this can speak for a whole lot of issues that the younger generation is dealing with, or my generation is dealing with. Ultimately, it stems from a lack of Jesus remaining at the center of our lives. But it's also because we as Christians here in America are forgetting to cultivate and guide the next generation. It would be nice to have guidance on what we should do when we are tempted by the things of this world, especially in this day and age. It would be nice if our generation had guidance on long-lasting marriages and how to cultivate one-on-one -on -one verbal communication. It seems as though that has been lost over time. I understand for those of you who have been in this, in this faith for a long time that you have done so much for the kingdom of God. You might have been a missionary somewhere around the world, a Sunday school teacher or even a pastor spreading the gospel, but it doesn't matter how much we have done in our Christian lives up to this point or how old we might be, there's still work to be done. So we find Joshua in his, his late years after crossing rivers, going through many battles, and defeating many kings, and now we come to a point in his life as if it should have been an, ooh, I can sit down and rest. But God said, there remains yet very much land to possess. Then verse 2 through 6 lists a ton of defeated, then, excuse me, there remains yet very much land to possess. Then verse 2 through 6 lists a ton of different nations and people that were in the surrounding area that still needed to be conquered. This was because the work wasn't completed in chapters 10 through 12. Even though we are conquering nations as Christians today, there is still work to be done in our hearts and in our homes in our churches, and in our communities. There's so much work to be done right here in our nation. You don't even have to be a missionary in another country because we got some work to do in our own backyard. According to a Gallup survey, it says that 87% of Americans say they believe in God. Think about your 10 closest friends and neighbors. This stat indicates that on average, eight or nine of them believe there is a God. This doesn't mean that they have a relationship with Christ. What this means is that they believe 
in a God. But they aren't fully certain of who or what that is. What does that mean for us? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. Jesus, before he leaves the disciples, tells them in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, which we know to be the Great Commission, he says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What this means for you and me is that we get to play a role in leading people to Christ. It's not just Pastor Stan's job or Pastor Josie's or Pastor David's job to share the love of God to people. It's your job. If you are a Christian, then go and encourage someone with God's grace, peace, and love and joy. People are hungry, people are thirsty, but are getting it from the wrong well. Wells that will only dry up and leave them spiritually empty. They, they need someone to point them to Jesus. They need someone to share with them, I've been down that road, and it, it, it only leads to more pain, more brokenness, and more emptiness. People are hurting. Last summer, I went for a walk with one of my good friends downtown. We were talking about life and just checking on each other, seeing how we were doing. As we were walking on the waterfront near the Rotary here in uh, downtown Plymouth, we came across this guy who was playing his guitar. I was told by my friend that he was homeless. So we got closer to him and listened to him play for a little bit. Then afterwards, we came over to, he came over to us and started to talk about what he was going through, how people treated him poorly, and how he numbed his pain with alcohol. He told us that he was only giving himself two more weeks. After that, he was going to throw in the towel. He had no hope in this world or in this life. So he thought dying would just stop the pain. This was heavy stuff. At the time, I didn't know what to say and what to do. And when the conversation had ended, the only words that I hoped had some kind of impact, and I said this in my nervousness, I said, God bless you. And every time I drive by the place where I met this guy, I would always look over to see if he's still there. I don't know if he's alive or not, but I also don't know if he gave his life to Christ between that time or where his heart was after that interaction. He was just one example of the many people in this world who need hope, who needs someone to share the gospel with them. Don't think, oh, someone else will do it. 
you might be the only person who will ever walk into someone's life representing Jesus. But how, how can I do anything? I don't know what to do. We have to learn how to bless people. The pastoral team and now the program staff here at Faith Community Church started going through a book called Bless by Dave Ferguson and John Ferguson. And I think um, after we go through this, I think we're also going to open it up to the whole, whole congregation and do, do something with, with everyone here. And, but, but what it talks about is having a more organic, more authentic way to share our faith with our friends, neighbors, co-workers, and all those around us. Each letter of BLESS stands for a way in which we can reach the lost and hurting. The B stands for begin with prayer. We should always stand, start with prayer. So many times we are able to see Jesus pull away from the crowd that he was blessing so that he could pray. He also went to pray and asked God. He seeked the Father and asked him, he said, if it's your will, then let it be so. Begin with prayer when you're not sure who God is calling you to bless or where God is calling you to go to be a blessing. The L stands for listen. Sometimes you can find out what people need just by listening. I think it kind of gets lost what people are saying because we tend to talk more than we listen. Jesus in Luke chapter 18 was stopped by a blind man who was crying out loud enough that not only Jesus heard him, but the people he was with heard him too. But the crowd he was with didn't want anything to do with him. They kind of shooed him away, said, go sit down. We don't want to hear it. And Jesus asked the blind man, he, he stopped and he, he went over to him and he, he listened and asked what, he, what, what did he want. And after he listened, he told the blind man that he, was, he, want, he wanted healing, that he, he wanted to be healed from, from his blindness. And, and Jesus, Jesus told him that it's because of your, your faith that you are healed. The E stands for eat. And I don't think I need to say anything more about this one. This is about going out and having fellowship with one another and sharing a meal with someone. Jesus, a whole lot of times, he sits down with people and just, just has a meal with people, people who are tax collectors. And those people, they were the scum of the earth to the Jewish people. Jesus stepped away and, and ate with people who no one else would care for. The first S stands for serve, and the last S stands for story. We all have a story, and actually I think we probably have quite a few stories. We have stories of the hills and valleys, and all that we've been through, through the storms, through the tests and trials, and in this journey of faith, and how God saved us from darkness and despair, and how he has placed us on the path of light. Ask God who you should bless. And as we start to bless people, then those we bless will start to bless others. But 
I, I, don't, I don't think that I'm good enough, or, or what, what, if, what if I can't? I, I, I just can't. I, I can't. Don't worry. God is by your side. Here in our scripture for today, God tells Joshua, I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel. I myself. I myself. God was right there with Joshua in order to finish conquering the land, even in his old age. In the same, Jesus tells his disciples, go and make more disciples. And behold, I am with you always. I can remember when I was in high school, I was asked if I was interested in joining the worship team, the praise team here at Faith Community Church. Now on the inside, I was screaming, no way, no, 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 absolutely not. Not in front of all those people. But God, being funny, kind of elbowed me in the stomach. And instead of no, I said yes. When I was younger, I can also remember, I was at um, one of my older churches. I remember it was, we had a youth day there, and all the kids had some, some uh, part to play in the service. And, of course, my part to play was going up in front of people and reading a scripture. Now, I was very young. I was, I was probably in, like, first grade or something like that, or kindergarten. And when it was my turn to go up, I hid underneath the pew, and my mom tried to pull me out of the pew, and I was like, no! No! But after I joined the praise team here, and as, as I got older, what I realized was that God was right there with me, and he, he's here giving me strength now, even through this. Jesus told his disciples, another was coming to be with us, to be with you. That's the Holy Spirit. In Acts, when it was the day of Pentecost, and suddenly a mighty rushing wind filled the room the disciples were in, the Holy Spirit filled them, and they began to go out and minister. We might not talk about the Holy Spirit that often, but he's right here. He's right there, dwelling with in us Christians, waiting for us to let go of our will and say, God, use me wherever you need me. And as I end this time with you, I want to challenge my Christian brothers and sisters to rise up to go uh, to what God is calling you to. Rise up, older generation, and share your wisdom and share your faith. Rise up to bless those around you. Rise up, younger kids, younger generation, and listen to the older generation and and their great stories and, and wisdom. Rise up and share the gospel to rise up and go and conquer. Now, as you, as you walked in, you should have gotten a, a, a little, little card and pen, like I, like I uh, remind you in the beginning of this. 
I hear it clicking already. Awesome, awesome. You guys are getting ready. I heard that in the, the past couple of uh, services as well. On it, I want you to write at least one way you can step up. And for, for those of you online, you can just write in the comments, in the comment section, wherever. So I want you guys to write on it one way you can step up. This can be in ministry, or maybe you can step up and have a home Bible study on Zoom or whatever way outside, outdoors. Or maybe you can bless someone. Or maybe there is some area in your faith you need to step up and grow in. And you can choose to put your name on it. It, it, would, it would help if you could put your name on it so that I can keep you guys accountable and reach out to you guys and, and pray for you guys. And if you want, you can put your email on it or, or a cell phone number or whatever. I prefer texting or whatever, but that's up to you guys. But I would like to pray for you guys as you guys listen to what God is asking you guys to step up to do. And I will continue to encourage you guys to step up. We want to stand with you as you continue to grow in faith, as you continue to grow in Christ, and as you go and conquer. And so, so the past couple of services we had, the traditional service and the nine o'clock service, I think mostly every single person left a card. And so it'd be awesome if you guys can top all of that. Uh, I know this is uh, probably one of the bigger services, and I have faith that every single person here will fill it out and leave it. We have a basket in the back, and someone will be there to collect it all. But I believe, I believe that you guys can do it. I believe you guys can do it. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank, you for, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being here with us. Father, Lord, I just ask that you please be with every single person that's here as you just speak to them. Father, Lord, encourage them in the mission you have called them to. Father, Lord, if, it, if it's to go out and, and be a mentor to a younger person, then let it be so. If it's to go out and bless someone and, and just take someone out for coffee and, and listen to them and, and just be an ear to the hurt and pain they're going through, so let them go out and encourage people because we're living in a time where it's just darkness all around us father lord i just ask that you would remind them that you are right there you're right there with the holy spirit dwelling within us father lord keep on reminding us that there's still land and there's still work that needs to be conquered and Father, Lord, I just ask that you would just bless every single person here and let them have an amazing rest of their week. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.